0: Welcome to the Foster and Change podcast, season 3. I'm Rob Shear, the founder of Comfort Cases and your host. Together, we have made such a difference in the world. We've met with leaders and change makers in the foster care system. We've met with charities and philanthropists, celebrities, authors, and so much more. We'll continue to bring you guests who will share how together, as a community, we can bring about change. Welcome, once again, to Fostering Change. You know, it's hard to believe that we have already, into this month, about a month and a half and what a year this has kicked off to be you know i've talked about this and probably on almost every episode about how amazing 2021 was but you know for us during the pandemic for me it was about building relationships um it is something that i talk about quite often um with our nonprofits, comfort cases but how important it is for nonprofits to come together and really change the fabric of our future for our communities. You know, when I got into the nonprofit world, I always said to myself, um, why are we all on different islands? You know, I mean, the fact is, is we all should be generating the same thing, which is empathy and love and change within our community. And do not forget, your community is not your zip code, but it is our human race. My next guest, she actually does it. You know, I was absolutely in awe when I was connected to Hearts of Gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so, so honored to introduce you to the founder and CEO of Hearts of Gold, my friend Deborah. Deborah, how are you doing today?
1: I am awesome. I am here alive and ready to go. And I'm so honored to have been asked to be on your podcast.
0: Well, you know what, Deborah? I will tell you, um, you have an energy and an aura about you um, that I have not seen. And when I met you in New York City, I just knew immediately we were gonna be friends for life. And I yes. knew that any opportunity that we could do to collaborate, which we have done everyone in 2021, we've had the opportunity to collaborate several times, um, that I wanted to make sure that you know I was working with you. And as a matter of fact, I was just on a call um not long ago and someone was asking about they wanted to make a a donation and actually i'll tell you what it is it's world market love our sponsors world market and i told them about you and i told them about your organization and what you do and i would like for you to tell our listeners exactly what is hearts of gold
1: okay well thank you of course for always connecting us You just keep connecting to that for us, and it's major, and it's beautiful, and it's so generous. Um, Hearts of Gold is my 28-year-old nonprofit that supports homeless moms and kids in shelters, which means that we basically um, have a portfolio of programs that we go to the shelters that houses moms and kids, and we propose our portfolio, and it involves education a lot. So it's about helping them to get to a place where they are no longer homeless. They're not dependent on the system and they can like have their lives, you know, and, and hope and, and um, for their kids and for themselves, breaking the cycle of homelessness. So we do programs for the moms. We have job training programs. We own the Thrifty Hub, which is um, our high-end thrift store. That's here, right, close to actually one of our shelters in, in New York City. And we use it as a job training program, so we're getting the moms job skills and interview skills and resume building, like all the things that, you know, they need to kind of get out there and really stand on their own two feet. For the children, it's education, so we provide after-school private and semi-private tutoring sessions, and they just have their own tutor that they sign up with. They come six days a week, we run the program, and they come after school, but we also take them beyond. So if today you don't have homework and whatever, or if you finish your homework, we keep going because the kids in the public schools in here in New York are absolutely so behind. They're so behind. So to just kind of get them to level up, that's that's what we do. So it's moms and kids. It's all about showing them love, making them understand that never give up hope. Um, We've got your back. Uh, We're all in this together, all of those things.
0: Well, you know what? That is. Wow. There's so many things I want to say, you know, as a kid who grew up in this system and a kid who um, my mother, we lived in and out of every shelter in Maryland, Virginia and D.C. and most of it was because of abuse. Um, you know, which we see so many women, um, who are having to make some of the most difficult choices and nobody wants to experience homelessness. I mean, that is just not on anyone's bucket list, but 28 years ago, what was the pivoted point for you to start this nonprofit?
1: So I actually started the nonprofit based on, that was a trifecta. I met Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown, the makeup mogul when, um, her middle son was a baby and my oldest son were babies. And we just happened to be on vacation at the same club met in Florida. And she hadn't yet launched into her world of, of mogulness. Um, she hadn't even launched. She was dating at the time. I remember just us meeting and connecting and her saying, yeah, I'm a makeup artist. And I was like, yeah, I'm in fashion, I'm a stylist. And she said, okay, you know, and so she said, when I come back to New York, I'm going to come to your store. So she did. And we had a conversation and she said, you know, up the street from you here, which at the time, believe it or not, was between my home and my store. There was a shelter, housing moms. And she said, I go and I give makeup to the moms and I help them, you know, figure out just, I give product that them to put makeup on. Would you come and do a talk, a seminar about what to wear? What to wear for a job interview? What to wear, you know? So I said, sure. So I did. And that's how I discovered this shelter that was in my backyard, literally. Um, it was in my back and my front yard, as it turns out. The, the other thing was, there was a young woman and her three-year-old daughter who was sleeping in Madison Square Park. Now, Madison Square Park is a fantastically beautiful, completely reimagined, gorgeous park now. Back then, it was a heroin den. Crack heroin, everything you wanted, that was in that park. And I was intimately aware of that, because it happened to be the park. I have two boys, and it happened to be my park. It was the only park that was close enough for me to go to, to take my babies to. So, um, we would go in, you know, in the mornings, whatever, do a quick swing and get out of Dodge. Um, and it was just unsafe. And she was sleeping in that in a cardboard box with her daughter at the time. And I finally struck up the nerve to approach her and say, um, talk to me. Why? Why? Because in my world, where I come from, there would never be a scenario in which there was no one to turn to, family, family, community, so I would end up on the streets, right? That's just not a thing I could ever imagine. So for her to say, I just, there's nowhere. So I'm going to the earth. I'm going to sleep on the cold, hard dirt with my child because I feel safer because shelters, she had been molested in a shelter. So that's number two. Number three, um, I was talking about everybody's drug addiction. I had one, it's called, and I still have it. It's called Stevie Wonder. I take him everywhere I can, intravenously. As soon as Stevie Wonder opens his mouth, I am present and, and, you know, centered. And he wrote the song, called Take the Time Out, and so because I was such a Stevie addict, I would go and sleep on the sidewalks in the nights with the scalpers whenever tickets would go on sale for his concerts, so I would get tickets for every night, right, um, and so this, this 1994 concert, Radio City Music Hall, I'm out there every night, I get my tickets for every night, I'm third row dead center, and the song Take the Time Out struck me, seven nights, it took, hearing the song, hearing the song, take the time out to love someone, reach your arms out and touch someone be a king or some homeless one, we are one underneath the sun. And that just, kept, I kept hearing those words every night. And I was like, okay. And of course, every song Stevie wrote, I thought he wrote it for me. It was to make me do something, right? Make me happy, make me sing, make me cry, whatever. So I was like, I got it Stevie, I can do this. I'm gonna go help someone. And so those three things just kept playing in my mind. And they were converging they were happening at the same time, and it was such a message. I was like, okay, need to do something. So started with the Shelter with Bobby, um, Took Stevie's word to heart and decided I could give back to my community and, and actually have impact. And remembering this young lady and deciding so, so what happened with her is I went one morning, um, I would bring her food, I started bringing her, getting a little closer. One day I went, she was gone. She was not there anymore. And I was distraught because I didn't know what had happened to her or where she was. And there were no cell phones. So, um, and if there were, she wouldn't have had one anyway, <laughs> tell you that. But um, I, I lost her physically, but my mind has never lost her. She's in my freedom. every day. I think about her and I know she's okay. I believe that in my heart. And I want all the other mothers and kids to never have to go to that place where you're sleeping on the sidewalk. And especially not on the island of Manhattan, where there's more money than you could count in a billion years. Yeah, It's just unacceptable.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, listening to you talk about the song by Stevie Wonder you know, it's something that I tell kids all over the country, I tell people, is that you don't have to know someone to love someone. Um, You truly don't have to know someone to love someone. And the fact is, is the fabric of our future are mothers. You know, I say this all, I mean, my daughter, um, actually just, just talking with my daughter. She's 17. She's graduating from high school this year. And oh. I remind her all the time that she, I have, her father and I have raised her to be the queen that she will be. Because if it was not for women, you know, um, we wouldn't be here. And number two, if Ain't men would realize, <laughs> yes, and if men would realize that women need to rule the world, uh, yeah. um, what a great place this would be. You know, Deborah, I want to get into, before we take our first break, I want to get into talking about, how supporting your organization, especially through the pandemic, has been so hard because you actually had a gala that is where you, I'm assuming, raised as we are as a nonprofit, you raised the majority of your money in this gala and it had to be canceled because of COVID. How did you bounce back or how did this affect you?
1: So um, having to cancel the gala was, it was so distressful. It was so distressing. It was just so crazy because... We raised 96% of our annual budget at our gala. So gala time means $1.2 million and we can go forward, right? We know that we're good. Um, So we waited till the last minute to to cancel it because we just kept hoping the tide would change and it just didn't. And then people were just not comfortable. That's when they started talking about Omicron and people were just freaked out. So we realized people just were not going to come. So we had to cancel it. And not keep throwing good money after bad, as my mom would say. But um, so when we did that, it became very clear to me that we have, you know, Houston, we have a problem because we have to find a way to go forward. Um, In all of our cases, in all of our cases, COVID really was super destructive. And we all had to kind of figure out a new way. Um, For me, during COVID, and especially during the height of it, when, so I have two, um, women's clothing stores. I have a thrift store and I have an upscale French boutique. And I had to close the stores because that was the mandate. Um, But I refused to to stay home, right? Because the one word about COVID that bugged me the most was essential workers. I have had and still have such a problem with that because what we were saying to people and not even realizing was that if you're not a, a policeman, a fireman, a nurse, you're unessential you can't do anything worth anything. So stay home. Instead of empowering everyone and say, okay, we're all essential to this. So you need to go knock on your neighbor's door and make sure that little old woman's okay. See if if you're going out to buy whatever, see if somebody else is like, don't be call and check in with your family and friends. Be essential to somebody. You cannot go around using those words. And so I, you know, decided that the way I was going to be essential was to keep supporting the moms and kids. So Turned my store into a food pantry and a food distribution center. And I was on the streets every day and I never took a day off during COVID. And I couldn't, okay, so the larger problem is I couldn't get volunteers because it's COVID and I couldn't bring anybody in around the anyone. So it was super challenging, but I'll tell you, I have faced challenges in my life, but nothing like trying to find toilet paper and food items and, you know, sanitary stuff for, for a population that needed it. And it was like, You know, so I became like this person that the stores would see me coming. They'd be like, okay, Deborah, you can take only two today or only five today. But they always doubled my numbers because they knew what I was doing. So I would end up with, you know, 40 rolls of toilet paper instead of the five that I was you know, what was locked out. So during that whole thing, I think, you know, we, we, we know that we have problems, right? Because we did not raise that money. And so all the small efforts that we've been doing to try to raise that money to keep going for 2022... They've been vital. Mm. A lot of people um, caught, uh, you know, a new disease of just it was tired. It was donor fatigue. They were just like, you know, you were hitting them so hard. And I have to say that there were so many people that were so generous to me during um, the COVID because literally I was on. Instagram and Facebook every day go, okay, I need $25 for me. I got to go buy toilet. Paper. I need, I need to buy this mom food. You know, a thousand cans of tuna are coming tomorrow. I need to pay for them. And people were so kind and, but like everything else, it's like, it becomes exhausting, right? So it's this mental battle and people are already having their own private mental battles. And here we come and we have needs. Um, it was, it was really hard for us. We are at a point right now where if we don't raise some good money soon, 2021 is going to be possibly more devastating than 2020. Because, you know, 2022, I'm sorry, will will possibly be uh, more devastating than 2020 and 2021, because if we don't go into the year, well into this year with budget, you know, we're, we're talking February, right, so if we don't go into, if something doesn't change real soon, we're going to have a problem in Houston, but I trust, believe, and know that this work is meant to happen, and so Partnerships like with you guys with Comfort Cases and the other partners that you've introduced Hard to Go to, and just all of us working together, your theme of like, your community is not your zip code is so relevant. Period. Period. It, it, really it,
0: it, it really is. It really is. It so is. Listen, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. As you can see, I mean, it's so nice when I have guests on, a fostering change that it's just so easy to talk to. And that's the way it is with my friend, Deborah. Listen, as we take this quick break, do me a favor. Go to heartsofgold.org website. Really look into them because we're going to make sure that they continue on their mission. We'll be right back. This episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that inspires our communities to bring hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. For just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Case mission and help us eliminate trash bags for kids who are entering foster care. For every $10 that you give, Comfort Cases will give a comfort XL to a child entering the system. Be part of the change. Visit comfortcases.org. Well, you know what? This is such an exciting conversation. Um, you know, I truly do understand what Deborah was saying in the first part about we're, some people are tired. You know, we um, we have been asked to give, 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 give and give. And the thing that I have an issue with this is um, we know for a fact that we spend so much money on military and on, you know, new toilets for the Pentagon, but we can't take care of the most important people within the weave of our fabric of our nation, which is mothers and children. And my friend Deborah, she's doing that. Deborah, you know, you brought up the fact of essential. You know, I have to agree with you during the height of the pandemic, we were fortunate that the state that I lived in, that our governor declared our organization an essential organization. But until you said the words that you said to me about, we all should feel like we're essential. So just like you, I could not sit at home, you know, and I believe each and every one of us are essential. And I say this quite often is that you don't have to have a lot of money in your pocket to be a doer because I think the fact that we're all doer. And one thing that I've noticed that you do is that you use social media in such a positive way as platforms which is very similar how we built our organization um what made you decide to do that because by the way you and I are about the same age my love and social media is something we did not grow up with
1: oh not true I'm so old much older than you but whatever we'll discuss that okay um so social media has been for me you know, the learning curve has been steep climb, steep. And um, I have younger sons. And of course, they're all about, okay, mama, you have to, you know, this is what you should do, blah, blah. And then get me along a young intern who can understand and explain to me. I, I recognize the magic of social media because just being on Facebook, for me, when I first started with social media, which had nothing to do, wasn't for the businesses, it was just kind of, you know, to connect. I have family and friends across the world. And so for me, it became like, a way to share information because we stopped writing letters. It became the way I wrote letters. So I would say, you know, hey guys, what's going on with the boys? Oh my God, Florian just wanted an word for this and you throw up a picture and everybody was seeing it and everybody felt looped in and we felt connected. Um, so social media for me has it taught me connectivity is what it is, right? So that's the purpose of this of this whole um, social media world. And it can bring us to far away places of which we know nothing and we will never go to. And there are people in those places that care about deeply about something you care about. And you can actually bond around that. I mean, literally. Um, I have. I was on a piece the other day, news was filming me in the store. And when they hung up and they finished, they were leaving. 10 seconds after I hung up, a man called and he said, You know, um, I'm calling from Texas. He said, and I want to tell you something. He goes, I just saw your piece on news. And he said, You're doing God's work. Just keep on doing it. And I wanted you to hear it from a stranger. And I said to him, You know what? We're not strangers. We're all connected. And that was just, you know, the world out there. So we're used to the news, and we know what happens when you see something on the news. You react, right? So social media is giving people the opportunity to, to share. Like I can say to you, here's a mom who is in distress. Here's something you can help to fix. Here's how you can be essential in someone else's life. Even if in your community, you don't have that, you don't see that. It exists out here in our human community, and this is how you can help. So we've been using, and I, and I got, of course, people who know what they're doing as opposed to me. So when you see me up there ranting about some issue that I'm having a problem with or praising somebody or whatever I'm doing, I can do this simple part. But the whole building of the social the platform, it's, um, I'm fortunate enough to have some great people behind me who are doing a lot of that work.
0: Yeah, so I am like exactly with you. You know, put me in front of a camera and I'll talk about whatever we need to talk about. But if it comes to putting it on the platforms, I have an amazing team just like you do. And I've met your team and your team is unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, um, I really want to start pushing people to your website. I want people, listen, we were voted in 2021 the number one podcast for foster care and adoption. And this is exactly... So, why we started this platform is to uplift each other. And this is what I want to do. I want people, listen, there's enough money to go around, my friends. You know, um, my times. friend Deborah is located right in New York City. Deborah, tell me about the store that you have. Okay. I know you have the upscale boutique, but tell me about the store. The
1: Thrifty Hog. The Thrifty Hog is everything. So it's called the Thrifty Hog, obviously, because Hog is for Hearts of Gold. And um, when I decided to open the store, the reason I decided to open it was because my customers from my upscale store, who shop luxury brands all the time, were trying to give me things to give to the moms. They're like, oh, maybe this can help your mom. They were of shoes with six-inch heels. I'm like, okay, she's going nowhere with that, um, but thank you. Uh, so, But then it, it just occurred to me that, wait a minute, you have access to a lot of things that you can Use you can leverage to help the moms and kids even more so what do I know I know retail what do I know I know fashion I thought okay, I'm gonna open a thrift store I didn't want to call it the hearts of Gold thrift store because I thought that was just so boring so in the middle of the night one night I wake up and I'm like trying to think a thrifty ended and hog came to my mind I was like oh thrifty hog piggy bank money goes in money goes out you know this whole thing so I decided on the name then I needed a logo so I went to Germany hold on let me show you something I, I was in Germany for Christmas um, that year and we're walking through the, the Christmas, you know, market, and all of a sudden I, I literally squeal. I stop and I squeal and my husband and my sons are like, what happened? And this is what happened. This, this was being sold by this um, craftsman because in Germany it's a lot of craftsman, whatever. And I, I saw it and I was like, but that's my logo. That's what I want. I want... A beautiful hog with angel wings. And there she was. Oh.
0: I love it.
1: So I bought it, brought it home, and we designed our logo based on this. And we have one that's a piggy bank. And so that's this is this is our thrifty hog girl. She's so beautiful.
0: That is um, so crazy. That yeah. So that's so so how it came with the name.
1: I know. I know. I you know what? Uh I need to stop using that word unbelievable because I think everything is unbelievable, and then it all becomes believable. You're like, mom used to walk in faith like trust and believe and i think sometimes when things get hard as they have been as they have been you lose that trust. you start to wonder you start to question you start to and she would just say leave it alone just trust and keep doing what you're doing and she's so right because whenever i feel like my arms are going halfway up like okay i talk to the skies all the time i'm like okay i know you need me to do this work help me out i'm like having a rough week and i get answers in the most beautiful ways and I invented a hashtag called angels landing. And whenever that happened, I call it angels landing. And if you believe in angels, which I completely do and I'm surrounded by them, angels don't make any noise. Their wings flutter. Think of a bird. Do you hear their wings? You never hear the wings make noise. So if angels are just, they're fluttering around you, they're so quiet. They're so powerful. All you have to do is remember that they're lifting you. They are there, and they have wings, and they're quiet, and they have no ego, and they just land, and they're there to do work. And I'm just here to do work, and they power my work. So Angels Landing, you guys have been one of my Angels Landing, you know, just by our partnerships and all the others that you introduced me to. But the Thrifty Hog, we use it as a job training program. Here's what's really important to know. Everything in that store is donated, and our motto is Gap to Gucci. You know why? Because we have Gap and we have Gucci, and we have everything in between. And you can walk in there tomorrow and find a brand new pair of Chanel shoes that are $2,700 that somebody gave to me in a box. The reason why people bring us their luxury stuff is because they love the mission. And of course, you know, women support more, the thrift store more than men, just because women shop 10 times more than men. So they have 10 times more things to give. The store, uh, we have men's, we have women's, we have housewares, we have decor items, we have, um, you know, accessories, shoes, belts, all of that. So people donate their stuff and then we sell it. But We hire the moms from the shelters. We've made it into a job training program. We pay them a living wage. We teach them everything there is to know about. Customer relations, inventory, marketing, uh, merchandising, you know, cashiering, greeting people, coming out of yourself, being presentable when you come to work. And the best part is understanding that at the end of this, there's one magical thing that happens. At the end of all of that training, you get something called the key. And the key is the key to your permanent housing, your apartment. When you can prove that you've worked for 90 days and you can present your work, your pay stubs, you get permanent housing. You get out of the shelters. Oh. You, start to, you know That's your access, right? That opens the gate. So now, just think, by you donating goods to us, this happened. You are a part of the chain. There's a chain. We don't do things alone. No man is an island. We don't exist to be ourselves we exist to be of service and so if you're of service by donating what you donate we get the money we pay moms we buy them things they need for their apartments it's a beautiful thing so when you come to new york please visit the thrifty hall it's so beautiful and we have a mannequin there called goldie and goldie is this gorgeous girl who's just fabulous And which of course she's goldie because she's hard to go and our our venmo is goldie heart so, G-O-L-D-I-D. everybody listen to
0: that. Her Venmo is Goldie Hearts. Okay. Uh,
1: no S, I know S, G O L D. Goldie Heart. Yeah, Heart. Heart. And you can just donate $5. You can donate $10. People, um, another pet peeve I have is when people, it's a pet peeve, it's not that one, but people say, oh, I'm sorry, I can only donate. I'm sorry, I wish I could donate more. And I always say, don't curse your blessings. Don't curse your blessings. You just blessed me. Don't curse it. Your $5, your $18, your six, whatever it is that you give from your heart is a blessing. So stop apologizing for doing what you can. Just do it. So I always say to people, there are no donations too small because it's not a measure of, you know, it doesn't measure anything except your, your desire to help someone else have a better chance.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I'm just like you. I tell people all the time, no donation is too small. Um, the fact is, is never apologize for the fact that you want to be part of our mission. Listen, Deborah, I will tell you, I love you. I love your organization. Love you, exactly. The Thrifty Hog. Listen, I know that people are heading to the city. We love New York City. When you go there, please visit the Thrifty Hog and purchase something. But more important. I want you to visit their website. I want you, maybe you could start doing that monthly donation. Understanding by you investing in these moms, you know, you're actually investing in your future. And Deborah's giving us the way to do that. Deborah, listen, I will tell you, I am going to have your Venmo p- posted on this. I'm going to have Thank your website you. posted and we have got a lot more to do in 2022 together. And I Let's know that. It. Let's do it. Let's there- go. We are going to do it because I truly know you are my angel. And so for that, I am forever grateful for the love that you've shown us and shown me personally. And listen, everybody, this has been an exciting episode of Fostering Change. And um, again, drop us a line at at org if you want to talk about this episode. But more important, instead of let's talking, let's be doers and let's visit their website and support them because it's been a rough 2020 and 2021 but we can make it better in 2022. We have learned from the things that are in our past to make our future brighter. So until next time, this is Rob Shear, the host of Fostering Change. Take care, my friends. I wanna say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, ComfortCases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange@comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.